Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. This is a place to get equipped to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So get ready to be empowered by this message. We are going to jam through some scripture. So I hope you got your Bibles. Hope you write some notes because you're going to need them. Will you put up Matthew 6 for me, please? We're going to lay some foundation, and I have been learning some things. The eyes of your understanding are opened, and they will receive. Your ears will hear, and you will understand, and it will change you. This is the New Living Translation. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your hand, left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Your Father sees everything. Get that understanding. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I'll tell you the truth. This is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are unanswered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask Him. Pray like this, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, and forgive us of our sins, as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you, give, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is truth, y'all. Got to listen. You fuss and fight with your wife at the house. You fuss and fight with your husband at the house. You won't forgive them. You keep holding on to it. You keep chewing on it. You keep spitting it out at your house. It's not okay. We have to forgive. You don't have a choice. You do have the choice, but you get to live in the misery of your choice. So stop it. Verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them up and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, There the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough 
food and drink or enough clothes to wear? Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they, are, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries, and today's troubles is enough for today. You're going to need to write this one down or look it up later. It is the Greek definition of kingdom. I guess noting would have been good. Here it is. Basilian. Kingdom means royal power. Seek first. Most translations in 33 say seek first. Seek first royal power. Seek first kingship. Seek first dominion. Seek first rule. And this isn't to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. We've got to get some understanding. I I implore you to study this out, study kingdom, get that definition down, start putting it into these words, because all that we have lack of is because we're not walking in his kingdom. We're not walking in his authority. We're not walking in his dominion. We're not walking in his rule. All these things are part of the kingdom. Let's go to that next scripture, please. Luke 9, 1 through 5. I would just turn around and read it be faster. Laying a lot of, lot of foundation here. One day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to everyone about the kingdom of God. He sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. You see how that's all going together? Take nothing for your journey, he instructed them. Take a walking stick. Don't take one, I'm sorry. Don't take a walking stick, a travels bag, food, money, or even a change of clothes. Wherever you go, stay in the same house until you leave town. And if a town refuses to welcome you, shake its dust off your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. Kind of that kingdom mentality, right? Does that say we have provision in all things? Was he telling the disciples, you have provision in all things? What are you worried about? We're worried about too much. Matthew 24. You're getting a lot today. Come on. Got to lay this foundation. 24. 
got it. All right. Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name claiming I am Messiah. They will deceive many and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go against Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains and more is to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. Going to keep on rolling. Luke 17. Well, I started on this with Brenda last night, and she was jumping around the kitchen. So I'm trying to be calm as I can. I'm going to get wound up here in a second, though. Luke 17, verse 26. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat, and the flood came and destroyed them all. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, a person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return home. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you will let your life go, you will save it. Let's go to Luke 14. What's awesome is I had something so different planned in my head. And when I went home to prepare, God just turned this whole thing around. So I love it. So you're getting it from him, not me. So Luke 14, 16. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to the, tell the guest, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began to make excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen, and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. So let me put it in today's vernacular. Sorry, I've got a soccer game. I can't go. Sorry, I've got softball tournaments on Sundays now. I can't go. Sorry, I'm going to the drag races on Sunday. I can't go. That's, that's what we're doing with the importance of the kingdom of God. And that's what we're doing with 
our lessons in life. But I'm so busy. I've got to do these things. I have to do these things because how am I going to take care of my kids? I can't just take away sports from them. No, you don't actually have to do that, but you can set some principles and teach your kids what's more important. And I'm going to hurt you a little bit on some things, but your kid's softball trophy isn't going to save their life. It's not going to help them navigate through the nasty life that's out there that's facing them. It's not going to equip them. It's not going to prepare them. It's not. We have to be an example right here, right now, of what the importance is. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And whomever is under your roof, if you're helping out a family relative or whatever, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. So you are going to church. That's how we do this. Because you're not going to bring your junk into my house. This is a house of peace. House of peace. So you will submit to my authority or you will remove yourself. That's how we need to walk. It's how we need to talk. We need to act like we have authority. Continue to go after this kingdom scripture. Figure out this thing and apply it to everything that you're doing. So to continue, in verse 21, the servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious. And he said, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. So his master said, go into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. There's empty spots here. That's okay. We got to fill them up though. We've got to get bold. We need to talk to our neighbors. We need to talk to people at the grocery store. We need to talk to people at our jobs. I don't care if your job says you can't do it. Who is that authority? Did you know that every miracle, powerful miracle that happened in the Bible, they defied authority. The woman with the issue of blood. I've told this story before. A big mega church preacher taught this thing during COVID. That, that, that's a perfect example, a biblical example of social distancing and obeying your government because she had to declare, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. She had to do that. How does she get healed? Aren't we supposed to honor and obey our governments? We're supposed to honor and obey God's government not the corruption of a government. So she went through that crowd, not announcing who she was, and touched the hem of his garment. And what did she receive? Healing. She was made whole. She was corrected. Her entire body was corrected. You have to sometimes do things out of the ordinary, but know your authority. In verse 25, the crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. That's strong, isn't it? He's saying, if you don't put the love of the Father first, love the Lord your God, if you don't put Him first all this, all your family, it's all going to be chaos. And you're bringing it to your house because you're not putting him first. You're not putting the father above all things. And then you wonder why you and your wife fight. 
you're wondering why your kids are just, oh, just a nightmare to you. It's because you're not in step. You love God first, then the husband submits to the father as Christ. And then the wife submits to the husband. And then the children obey their parents. It all works the way it's supposed to. So Matthew 28. And I'll back up for a moment while you're getting to your page. In Matthew 6, all the things that he said not to do, don't show that you're giving, don't pray out and open, all those things that he was exposing, that's the fraud that they were trying to put out in their life. And every time, did you see that he knows, he sees, he's watching, and that's another reminder to us all that he knows exactly what's going on. He knows what you do at home. He knows what you do at work. It's not a secret. You may think it is, but it's not a secret. And everything hidden will be revealed. We must rise up to become holy. It is doable. We emphasize sin so much in in the big C, the big church. Sin, 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 grace, grace, grace. How? Man, how about walk upright before the Lord? How about walk righteously before the Lord? How about walk honorably in your life? How about that? Man, it's so much better. There's a, a clean, clean feeling inside of you when you're not trying to hide your corruption. The Lord knows it all, so get rid of it now. Where did I tell you to go? Matthew 28. 16. Then the 11 disciples. Now, this is after Jesus is resurrected. This is the Jesus walking around whole, okay? Why is there 11 disciples? You all remember why? Yep. One of them made a bad decision. So the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. Look at that. Out of the 11 disciples, some of them doubted. Are you kidding me? I, I, I cannot conceive how it's possible that they doubted watching him be crucified, knowing how afraid they were for those days that he was in the tomb, knowing that he came and sat down and had dinner with them, told him to go meet him on a mountain, but they still doubted. Man, they got their brain in the wrong vein, don't they? And we, we've got to undo ourselves too. We've got to get ourselves right. We've got to get ourselves to walk in his authority. We have to walk in his dominion. We have to walk in his power. Everything, I love what Kate said here a while back. He said, what are you allowing in your life? Whatever you're allowing in your life means that you haven't taken authority over it. You're letting it have dominion over you. You're letting it control you. I'm going to mess up the job market for you just for a moment. We are, not me anymore, y'all are working too hard. Amen. Working way too hard. Under this kingdom principle, he's telling them to go do these things. 
did he ask, hey, go get your fishing job real quick. Now, did they do some things on the side? Yes, they did. But did they do it for 12 hours and then try to be a disciple? No. They went about the Lord's business, and he provided for them. I sincerely believe, as you continue to study on this, that the kingdom principles that we're going to take authority in our lives, we're going to take dominion, we're going to take our royal place in him. As we do this, because we are supposed to be discipling at all times, if we will do these things, he removes the burdens. They just come off, and he starts creating more time for us. And I want to help you fix a statement that everyone makes. I changed mine about 20 years ago. I used to say, I don't have time. Anybody? Y'all do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The truth is, I didn't make time. We control our time. And if your job is horrid, you hate it, you're gritting your teeth as you turn the corner to pull in and the steering wheel, you're about to snap it in half because you're squeezing it, you just know what's going to happen. I had those jobs. And I wrote down one day, why do I tolerate this? I have a choice. But I have to make money. Do it somewhere else. Make decisions. You're a rental unit to wherever you work, unless you own the company. And then you own your company. You own your time. You tell yourself where you're going, what you're doing, and how you're going to do it. Put your hands in the Lord. Put this authority in there. Put this dominion in there. All the, the lack that we struggle with in our bills and our finances and all the different things that we stack on top of our lives, mostly. Most of our bills are unnecessary. I know mortgages and all those things, and we need to submit ourselves to God on that as well, not to be servant to the lender. we got to grow up in that one too. But we can lay all those things down, set them aside. So they doubted. So Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Who are his disciples? Correct. Correct. We have to look at ourselves now. He said, if you're my disciples, you're supposed to lay down all these things. You're supposed to deny yourself. You're supposed to submit yourself to his kingdom message, his kingdom plan. We have got to incorporate spreading the gospel in our lives. At every shake, every move, everything that we do, we have to incorporate this. You know the world is coming undone out there, and it's coming undone fast. We have got to be prepared. We referenced the days of Noah. You know, how many years did it take to build that ark? A whole bunch, right? I'm pretty sure if somebody would have took the message just by faith, and maybe pitched in and helped, it could have been done a little bit quicker. And I'm going to poke the bear right now. 
this church has a call for this city, for the nations. And that nation's word means nationalities. All throughout Owasso, that's our call. Through prophecy, we're going to have three locations. Guys, we can't get anyone, for the most part, to volunteer for help. To stand for five minutes on the side, on the side, to move an usher's bucket up and down the rows, to greet people at the front door, to uh, be a security member. We're not asking you to tackle someone and do taekwondo on them. Just it's pointed out and get Big Jim or get me. I'll kick him in the shin. I'll do something. We'll handle the business. But we cannot grow up unless we get ourselves involved. We are disciples, disciplined followers of Christ. We are to be servants of the Most High God. This is His house, and He's telling us to stand up and serve. It's sad. We've got these text messages going out for a week, needing four people. And the same people are going, okay, I'll I'll do it. Done it for the last eight weeks, I'll do it again. It's okay. It's not a huge deal, but it's disappointing that we, the body of Christ, don't want to serve our body. Don't you know what you get out of serving? You get blessed, man. Did you know your blessing doesn't just come in, hey, thanks? It comes in every realm. You you go into the store and someone just blesses you. You haven't seen that? I guess you need a volunteer. (laughs) We have got to be involved. If you were standing in front of Jesus and he said, I need you to usher for me today. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I've got soccer. I've I've got something else. I've got some land I bought. I need to go do that. You seriously think you're going to say that to Jesus? You're bold and stupid. He is calling us to repentance right now so that we will get ourselves in gear, in position of what we're supposed to be doing to call his children to him. James 4, please. Verse 5. If you've got glasses on, take them off so you can get poked in the eye real quick. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? I'm going to back up to the very first verse. What is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Kill yourself, working too much. Big house payments, big car payments, all the stuff that you don't need. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. I'll say it again. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. The provider of all things. The creator of all things. 
He's saying, ask me. We've been at, at church too long, folks. We've been in the wrong teaching too long. Verse 3, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what, you get, what will give you pleasure, you adulterers. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. You better let that settle because we got some work to do. And when I say we, that's me that got turned upside down. I got this first. I've been working on this for a year. Verse 5, do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Verse 8, come close to God, and God will come close to you. The other verses say, draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. Let me make this perfectly clear what this is saying. It's on you. Your education with him, your knowledge of him, everything is up to you. Turn off your stinking televisions. And I know you've heard this before, television. It's telling you a vision of someone else's story, of someone, something else, a distraction that you don't have need of. Shut it down. Understand the times that we're in, in the, as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Lot, we are here. Said so there's wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes. I, I read, we had a, a little visit yesterday, Cade and I and a few of the guys, and I read off eight different countries spanning the globe had earthquakes, massive earthquakes yesterday as the Israeli war is launching. We are in those days. He is shaking and waking people up. It is up to us on what knowledge we're going to have of him. It's up to us whether he's going to guide us in our life. It is up to us if he's going to get rid of those heavy burdens off of us. It's up to us to dig into his word. It is up to us to get the definition of kingdom and get it in our vernacular, get it in our verbs, get it in everything that we say and do. It is up to us. I hope when you walk out of here, you don't remain the same because everything that you've struggled with in your life is because we didn't walk in his kingdom. We didn't walk in his authority. We didn't walk in his dominion. We didn't walk in his royalty. And I'm studying through this, and man, when I get the rest of this, I'm going to share it. But right now, the harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. I told Brenda last night, we're sitting out in front of the fire, and I mentioned the other day to Chris and Cade, I had a dream, and it was just 
And for me, it's amazing because when we were in Mexico, I, I talked to our crew and I told them, I, I can't remember my dreams. I need to remember my dreams. And we prayed about it. And ever since then, I've been remembering my dreams. I'm getting better and better at it. But I had a dream that I was going into a dangerous situation. I, it, God was sending me to something very dangerous. And I wasn't afraid. I just went. And then when I got back, I don't, rem- I don't know what happened in the middle. I think it was just a lesson for me. That when I got back, I realized, oh, my Lord, that was dangerous. But nothing happened to me. I was okay. And I joked with Brenda last night that the labors are few. God ain't going to let me die. (laughs) He can't get no one to usher. I mean, come on. So that's, that's real. In Acts 2, I'll just read it for you. Acts chapter 2, 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Did you catch that he said all? He didn't say the Christians. All. There's a time coming that he's going to present a message and people are going to either be deceived and follow the false message. Because that message is being taught heavily right now. In a bunch of these big churches, not all of them, a bunch of them, a false message, just enough, just that little tickling, just to draw you away, to keep you out of power. That's happening right now. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Let's stop right there. We read the verses about the false prophets, and that's usually what I hear first when someone says, prophet, false prophets, hush. You have to have discernment. You must listen to the prophets. I think it's 2 Chronicles 20, 20 that says, those who listen to the prophets prosper. It's foolishness not to listen to the prophets. You must have discernment. There's a whole ton of them out there right now. But there's a whole ton of them out there right now because he said he's going to pour his spirit out upon all people. And his sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Classified. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in heavens, in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark, and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, will be saved. I'm going to finish with this. Is that we've been taking church as an event, an event, not as a priority. This is a place of equipping and we're working on a, a, a deeper connection to that and to discipleship and to witnessing and to getting out there and doing what we're supposed to be doing. If, 
you lived right now in one of these countries that are under havoc. Destruction. I mean, earthquakes and floods. It's unreal what's going on out there that the media doesn't show you. If you were living in one of those places and your town's half blown up and you're wondering, what do we do? Are you going to the soccer game? And I'm not against soccer. I just want to balance that out. Are you going to the park? Are you going to the lake? Or are you going to go to Tuesday on prayer? Let's pray. We have to pray forward the successes. That's all the successes in the, in the Testaments were about praying first. And then he put himself out there. And this kingdom message, what I'm discovering is that because he's already provided all this for us, we've had this mentality that we're waiting for this unction from the Holy Spirit to tell us what to do. At times, he's going to give you some pointers, but he's, he already said it. He said to go. He said to do. He said to possess, take control, take dominion. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He said to cast out demons. He didn't say, wait for me to tell you. He said, go and do it. I don't feel, I don't feel the tingles. I don't feel the power. If you'll move, he'll be there. I've been watching some guys that are out in the streets and they are moving on some folks that you just, oh man, he might got beat up if he walked up there. But when you start wa walking in that and you work within the Holy Spirit and he starts telling you something about somebody, spilling their secrets, if, if they're injured, need healing, and you walk up, may I pray for you? Or you just touch them and say, be healed. And then they're healed. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we're going to walk in. We need to walk in, but it's not going to happen if we don't make our steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. He's already ordered us what to do. He's already commanded us what to do. He commanded us to love him. He commanded us to obey his word. We have to get this understanding. This is not a game. The time is upon us. It is right here, right now. And his children want help. The laborers are few. And I want a sincere response, just as we read, that if you're going to be my disciples, you've got to deny yourself. You've got to forget about it. Lay it down. And we've got to go get those people. The story about the, the feast... That's a symbolic of the Father has prepared a place. He's prepared, but they're not showing up. They're not taking it seriously. The days of Lot, the days of Noah. Yeah, I've heard this before. I've heard this before. I've heard this before. I've heard this before. Wars, rumors, wars. I've heard this before. I've heard it my whole life. Listen to the Spirit of God, and He's telling you, it's now. The time is now. If you are willing to be obedient, I don't want you standing up unless you're willing and obedient to, I'm going to ask you 
to stand up if you're willing. And I'm going to ask you to take this home with you after we pray, that you meditate on his word and your purpose and your direction and the job that you may be in right now. Lord, am I supposed to be here? Where do I go next? What position do you want me in? He will prosper you wherever he sends you. Father, I pray with your people right now to stir up the gift that is in them. Stir up the call that is in them. Stir up the message that your children are dying, that the deceiver has them in his hands and they want free and we can set them free. Father, I pray your Holy Spirit just stir us up and that they obey your word and they draw near to you and you'll draw near to them. When they go to you and ask questions, you will answer them, just as you said in Jeremiah 33. The days are upon us. Your anointing is waiting for those who choose to step out. And Father, I thank you for those that have committed that this is a daily denying of yourself. It's a daily assessment of who you are and where you are and what you're doing and what you're saying let our lips change into authority. Let all that Jesus did for us on that cross, bringing back redemption, bringing back and restoring his kingdom here on earth to us, let that not be wasted. Father, I thank you for this good people. And I thank you for the growth of this church and the obedience of these people. Thank you, sir. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Help us get God's word out to everyone who needs it by partnering with us financially. Your generous giving is what enables us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Visit nolimits.fyi to give securely online. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a message. And thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.